This episode is sponsored by Blockbases, your platform to navigate Web3 safely. Remember the feeling you have when you connect your wallet to a new dApp or smart contract, not exactly sure if this is safe or not? Well, Blockbases will answer that question for you before making any detrimental mistakes, risking all your assets in your wallet. With Blockbases, you can easily review dApps and smart contracts that have either been audited or hacked. All dApps and smart contracts have been graded with a security score. And if you find yourself wondering, hmm, maybe there were some shady dApps I connected my wallet to in the past. Well, Blockbases makes it easy for you to scan your wallet and revoke access to any dApps or smart contracts that pose a risk to the funds in your wallet. To try Blockbases today, go on Blockbases.com. That is Blockbases.com. Good now. So welcome everyone to the Cosmos Club, where we talk all things Cosmos. We tweet daily about what's going on, and then we invite interesting, fascinating, hardworking builders of the Cosmos ecosystem. And today we got Numia. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thanks for having us. So before we uh, we dive in uh, to what Numia is and uh, why it's important for the Cosmos ecosystem to to thrive or continue to thrive, perhaps you can just uh, give a bit of background on. Uh, how you ended up working with Numia? Give us give us a little personal detail on yourself. Yeah, I, uh, I'm happy also to talk for a little bit for the whole team uh, since it's a it's a team effort this thing. But uh, we are a a few people who have been in Cosmos for a few years now. Uh, there's people from the Cosmos SDK team, uh, from the original Tendermint engineers, um, and we most of us used to work at Interchange GmbH in Berlin. Um, and now we basically, uh, we spun out of, of that entity and, uh, we now run a company called binary builders and binary builders is a company Switzerland that, uh, is incubating Numia currently, essentially. Um, we, we, we think Numia is going to spin out of, you know, at, 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 at its own, as its own company. Uh, but right now we, you know, it's not super important for us. Uh, the focus right is to deliver value for the ecosystem as a whole team, but Numia really was born um, out of frustration because like we are in the ecosystem, we're in different, uh, you know, provide service for different teams, we provide, uh, we advise a few teams, et cetera. And we, we just couldn't figure out analytics. Like we had so many business questions. We had so many um, unanswered questions about what was happening deep down at the product level, at the user level at the global level of Cosmos. And out of that, like we realize, you know, hey, uh, we actually need to start looking into the data. We need to start figuring out those questions. And when we started doing it, we realized it was not just us, obviously, it was just a lot of people with open questions. And I'm happy to go into the details and like the kind of customers that we have right now and how we're serving them. Uh, but right again, like Numia was born out of frustration more than anything. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Some of the biggest companies or products, they are born out of frustration of a problem, and then you go solve it. <laughs> so uh, what, the, what kind of metrics, just to put some color to it, uh, what kind of metrics were you lacking, you think? Um, because I think uh, now we're getting quickly into what Numi is all about, but we all know perhaps about the map of zones or uh, MintScan, of course, and all that. So what, what were the uh, metrics that you were lacking uh, from the get-go? Yeah, so uh, we are, like I was saying, like we were involved with a few of, of the chains, like we support them, we give them help, but we're, we're partnered with a bunch of them. And what we started realizing is that uh, most of the Cosmos chains weren't able to answer core 
uh, web 2.0 analytics questions like, hey, how many of my users are actually coming back? And from the users who are coming back, how did their first interaction with the chain look like? Was it a successful transaction? Was it not? Uh, what, you know, how can I identify different segments across my user base on chain to understand how I can better serve them? Uh, you know, retention rates, uh, engagement rates of different kinds. What is my funnel? Like, how do I define my funnel at all? Like those questions, for example, that um, if you come from Web 2.0 and you did analytics, for instance, you had pretty much as given there, right? And and then, you know, all of those metrics that we thought were a little bit more, were, are a straightforward on Web 2.0 are not as hmm. straightforward on, on, on Web 3, right? Or And specifically Cosmos. Um, hmm. And so, so it was mostly that really. And, uh, you know, when we started talking to the chains, we realized that uh, this fundamentally tackles the UX problem because the idea is that these chains understand the product better so they can build a better product so they can give you as a as user, as an investor, a better experience at the end of the day. But if you don't know, you know, what is causing the users to leave, what is creating a bad experience, if you cannot track that and you know how to measure that, you're probably not going to be able to deliver a great product experience, right? Hmm. I see. I see. So talk to us as if we are perhaps not five, as I normally <laughs> say, but uh, maybe 10 years old, uh, what, what Numia is. Because when, when you look at the website, which uh, perhaps many people are uh, opening up now, um, yeah, it, it almost seems like uh, Dune Analytics, which we probably know a lot of us at least in uh, from Ethereum and all kinds of... Uh, blockchain ecosystems is it kind of like cosmos uh, uh like like the equivalent in cosmos to to something like dune analytics or how would you how would you explain numia to to a five or ten year old yeah um so you, you know i disclaimer i know that we haven't been great at product marketing but there's a reason for that and i'm happy to go into that in terms of strategy but um overall uh the the the, the analogy with dune analytics is fairly accurate you know, Analytics is a platform that allows you to go into uh, different on-chain metrics about a bunch of the other chains they have um, indexed. And Analytics has a very community-driven approach in, in which they allow you to build your own dashboards, to share them, etc. cetera. Um, we believe that that approach right now for Cosmos is a little bit too early. We don't like, you know, we did a, a bit of study. We don't think that there are enough, enough users um, to, to be able to like build a business out of that, especially because we didn't fundraise, we're fully bootstrapped. So um, our approach is a little bit different. We're approaching the market from two different perspectives. Number one is like, we have a B2B business. And number two, uh, we also have a B2C product. And mm. I think our B2C product, is what's probably would look, look, would look like to analytics mostly. And we announced it a few weeks ago, it's called Data Lenses. We're going to launch it in three months from now. And that is going to be a, it's not going to be just like doing because you're not going to be able at first to build your own dashboards. Eventually you will, but at first it's going to be an opinionated dashboard. Um, and we talk a lot about this notion of prescriptive analytics. Like we just don't want to give you a bunch of descriptive stuff. You look at this, you see the number of active users, you see uh, active wallets, you see volume in osmosis. Like that is like what we call binary metrics. Like that tells you trends mm-hmm. that gives you a little bit of the macro picture. But what we want really is for the user, for our B2C side again, is to give them a little bit of prescription, to give them a little bit more of information, asymmetries that normally just a whale would have, maybe, or somebody who's super deep in the ecosystem. Um, 
So we're going to take a, a different approach from Dune at first, but, you know, looking at the market, it looks very likely that we're going to converge to a more community driven product like they are. Um, mm. But uh, we're super excited about this B2C product. And, and yes, like, you know, we want to be a, an advanced prescriptive analytics platform for Cosmos. And I think that's mostly probably very interesting to your audience because they're most, most of them are users of, the, of, of Cosmos, right? Um, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but like I was saying, we also have a, a B2B business and, and happy to go into that because like, uh, it, it, I think you can share, even though it might not be super interesting for the users, at the end of the day, what we're doing is kind of like B2B2C. So it could be interesting for them to learn mm -hmm. you know, how that affects them. Yeah. I think um, more and more people are asking, especially in these spaces like these, uh, I can also see from the community, like how how the whole business model uh, <laughs> functions, right? I mean, I mean, a lot of people are just, you know, having these tokens and then some way in a magical way, there's value, right? But uh, people more and more become more educated, I think, more uh, sort of serious about how value is actually created. There's a whole narrative and real yield, for example, going on, right? Um, so yeah, talk to us uh, perhaps about the, how the business model is structured and, and how you guys operate as a professional business, if you will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the interesting thing about our business is that we're we're in Web three, but we're not necessarily we don't have a token, right? We don't we don't need to think about tokenomics uh, because our business model is on the B two B side again. It's really like we work with businesses that are interested into in looking into the data in Cosmos, and those could be number one foundations, so the, the same chain developers who are probably our our most common customer right now, uh, but also investors or uh, people who want to look into the data. And we offer really uh, three kinds of services. For the chains, we offer them to index their data and make it available on a, on a database. For them as a team to be able to run all analytics, we help them as well running those analytics, educate them on how to query the data, what metrics they should look into. And that's where I think we're providing very interesting value. Like we're working with Osmosis, Evmos, Stride, for instance, to tell them, hey, look, here are your on-chain metrics. Here's like your product funnel looks like on-chain. Here are the recommendations mm. that we have for your product. So um, it, it's a, it's like, you know, we, we offer them that as a service. Uh, but at the end of the day, what we really want to achieve with them is that they can build a better product for the users on their end, right? Um, mm. And then we have, we have a bunch of other types of customers that just hire us for data science service, like MEV researchers, investors uh, that just want to look into the data and by now we become really good at getting value out of the data because the Cosmos data schema is very messy. And you have to mm. like query it many times, understand it very well. Every chain has like different message types, et cetera. Uh, so people are hiring us for, for looking into that. It's, it's predominantly services, but that's how we're funding this, right? Uh, since we're bootstrapped. Um, mm. But ultimately, like I said, you know, we, we see ourselves in the, figuring out and solving the UX problem and on one end helping the chains to improve their UX by providing better analytics for them and then on the other end giving the users right the right metrics so they can take better decisions and they have a better experience overall in the ecosystem. Hmm. Interesting. So you have Numia as the sort of free product that uh, has on one side uh, foundations or protocols if you will so Stride, Evmos, Akash, um, you've have a list uh, a list of uh, different protocols that are very well known, mm -hmm. uh, by the way. So good job on that. <laughs> and then you got investors also, uh, people who trade, I guess, who are 
more professional and into sort of looking at on-chain metrics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the, the two main client segments. But what is the company behind Numia? So that's a service company you said, right? Yeah, so uh, Numia, again, like we're big, Numia is, as, as a company, let's say it's been incubated by binary builders. Uh, oh, yeah, binary builders, yeah. Okay. Exactly. And uh, binary builders is, is, is run by a few folks from Cosmos SDK and other people from formerly Interchain. Um, and again, Numia has been incubated by that company, and the, we don't know yet if we were going to spin out properly or not. Like, we're still figuring that out, but again, that's not super important for us right now. For us, it's important to make sure that we can deliver the value first, and then we'll, we'll see. Maybe something yeah. something I, I, I forgot to mention, another service that is very important in our opinion that we provide to the chains is also APIs as a service. And the reason I say chains right now is because we're working with these chains first to build APIs for them, but we will open those APIs to developers as well. Hmm. So, um, you know, when we say in our mission that we want to make Cosmos on-chain data accessible, we really mean it for everybody. Like, like I was saying, for the B2C segment, with that dashboard that we're publishing uh, for the developer segment for with those APIs so that anybody can build quickly a DAP in Cosmos to pull IBC data quickly, to pull on-chain aggregated data quickly, and then for the chains to help them improve the experience. So we, we really see ourselves serving the whole spectrum of, 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 cost, of, of, of data consumers, if you will, um, with that specific message, uh, excuse me, that specific mission, mission that sits at the top mission, of yeah. Um, mm. making the data uh, accessible. And and so just one last thing, when we mean accessible, I really want to make sure I um, mention that for us, accessible is just not giving it to you so that you can access it, but also giving you at a point abstracted in such a way that you can actually get value out of it. That's a massive distinction there. And I think, mm. for instance, an explorer will give the data very descriptively you will see a transaction there. If you go to the JSON blob of Minscan, for example, you will see mm -hmm. all this text there, but a user who doesn't like spend enough time looking at the data model and learning how to aggregate data, like you cannot extract value out of one transaction besides knowing that it went through or not, or we want values, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So again, making the data accessible for us means really making it valuable for you. Yeah. And you already have uh, launched a bunch of things. Uh, predominantly, uh, you're using uh, Google Bakery, I can see, um, where people can tap in and uh, export or create these dashboards in Google's Data Studio, using Google Sheets. The whole Google ecosystem is at play here, it seems like, where you connect to various different chains, Cosmos yeah. Hub, Osmosis, Axelar, et cetera. Correct, correct. Yeah. And uh, um, we've got... An, uh, so the reason many people ask us like why we launched this way. And so that, that specific product is, uh, you know, it's, is what we call our public over like anybody, you know, we process this massive data sets, put it into a data, into a database so that anybody can query them. We don't charge for, for that querying. Um, the only caveat is that you have to have a GCP account and, and a big query account at the end of the day. And, hmm. and Google will charge you for the querying cost. Uh, and, um, you know, again, like we'd love to subsidize all of that, but we just can't. <laughs> it's just really, mm. uh, you know, I, again, we're not VC funded or anything like that. So we just can't. So we, we decided to make it public and make it available in Google because BigQuery sits really well with Google Sheets that, you know, most people know, most people can work yeah. with, and also sits really well with Google Data Studio. Uh, we're releasing a bunch of new docs in the coming weeks where, you know, we're going to help people make sure that they can optimize their costs on BigQuery, 
run super efficiently, et cetera. But, uh, but that's just, you know, offering a little bit of color as of like why we, we decided to launch like that. Nice. Nice. And how is actually, I'm uneducated on what the business model for Dune analytics is. Um, are you guys in taking inspiration from them or are you just uh, sharing this tool and building the sort of a lead generator for your, mm-hmm. the uh, binary builders business or how does the Numia binary builders work together to grow uh, both the business and, and everything else? Yeah. So, uh, I would say like binary builders is just incubating Numia really like Numia. It's, it's its own product and its own company at the end of the day, if you will. Mm. And it, it, it is sort of like independent right now. Uh, obviously there are synergies like binary builders has many different services. Like the SDK team is there for instance, and like we get their help. Uh, so there are a lot of synergies, but like Numia in itself and its business model is, uh, is, is sort of independent in, in, in the, in terms of the revenue streams at least. And, mm. um, like I said, uh, right now, really, the, the goal is to, you know, build a successful business out of Numia specifically. And to your mm. question, if we take inspiration of Dune, the the, the question is, uh, sorry, sorry, the answer is yes. Um, their business model right now, uh, to my knowledge, is basically they allow you to build these dashboards. And, uh, you know, it's, it's targeted to mostly data analysts and people who know how to write SQL mostly. Um, yeah. And they will charge you uh, extra. Uh, they give you free access to, to you know, a, a, a freemium service. But if you want like faster querying, uh, more advanced uh, storage, I think, or more uh, or different or more dashboards, I think something like that. Uh, they then you you pay your pro uh, your pro subscription, for example. And so that's definitely uh, something we take inspiration on. We we believe uh, that that niche of data scientists, data analysts, is not. Like Cosmos, in my opinion, is, is still not that big for launching that kind of product, especially right now in the bear market. So that's why we're going to go with this more opinionated dashboard where you have access for free to this very prescriptive uh, metrics. And then we'll kind of like calibrate and see where the market is going, where the Cosmos ecosystem is pulling. If they were something more custom like Dune, we might go in that direction and probably charge you for the same things like, you know, faster querying, more tables, et cetera. Uh, hmm. But uh, right now, our B two C strategy is going to be launch for free, penetrate the market, and then you know we would love to learn from users what is that we need to build to kind of like give them value and potentially hmm. charging for for features. So I honestly believe that right now my personal opinion is that we'd rather build something opinionated where the user doesn't have to write SQL that is like more for the masses. Um, and also not just think about analytics. Like analytics for me is the, is, is again, like I keep talking about UX, but like at the end of the day, analytics is just kind of like the, um, for me is a category of UX and engagement, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and let me give you an example. Like uh, we'd love to also have a product in our dashboard where, uh, you know, you see a chart of whale activity, for instance, where we tell you, hey, here are the, like, the whales of osmosis. Here's like their trend. Ten of these are LPing. Two of these are selling. Three or three of them are buying, for example. And they say you follow two of them, and you want to get notifications about their next activity or whenever they do something. That for us mm-hmm. is like it's not an analytics use case per se, but it's completely based on the same data that we use for analytics, right? So if we can provide you those type of notifications of telling you, hey, this well just moved a million dollars in Osmo from here to here, that that for us is prescriptive. 
right? Mm. So we, we're also not just thinking about analytics, but we're overall about engagement and everything that we could potentially do with the data. And that, that you know, that's a product that we could potentially somehow monetize, I think, on our dashboard. Um, but again, we, we want to build this very iteratively. Like as a bootstrap business, we don't get to, uh, we don't get to miss much. <laughs> so we need, to, we need to be very, very, like we need to be listening to the users a lot. So, you know, everybody who is here, like as you follow our journey, it'd be great to get your feedback. Uh, so, so yeah, um, definitely. And we encourage everybody to, uh, go and check it out. Um, the website is right there, but uh, we'll make sure to leave it in the show notes also and uh, mention at the end, but talk to us maybe a bit about the, the whole fundraising game. So you, uh, seem like you purposely decided not to pursue funding and build a product that people like and love before starting racing. Why, why did you choose that? And, uh, what was the thought process behind that? Yeah, uh, good question. Uh, I guess this is a little bit of, uh, you know, people may have different opinions about this, but here's here's our take. Um, we don't we don't want to play the VC game. Like we don't uh, we don't want to be optimizing for the next round. We don't want to be optimizing for the next valuation. Mm. Um, you know, I don't want to speak for Doom. I, I I think they have a great product and everything. They raised at a, I think if I'm not mistaken at a hundred excuse me at a one billion valuation. And that's impressive. Uh, that, but that was during, I think, if I'm mistaken, during uh, bull market, right? So mm. I'm not sure if like they would have a problem right now racing again. The whole game like is just not interesting to us. Like we just want to build a good product and great value for the ecosystem. Um, and we're so, we're so, um, you know, we've been in the ecosystem for a bit. Like I said, you know, core engineers from Tenderman, the SDK are part of the team. And for us, you know, Cosmos, to some degree, I don't want to say it's everything because it's not. This is just, you know, part of our life. But it's a lot, right? This means a lot. It is personal for us. And if we want to if we want to tackle and be really part of the ecosystem, we want to do it as free as possible. And having VCs on board for us just takes away that freedom. Uh, so, again, you know, it's a little bit idealistic, to be honest. On the, uh, But it's working. So far, we have revenue. We're able mm. to – we're actually profitable. Um, and we rather have that than just, again, trying to optimize for the next relation, uh, having this, this sense that you would have so, so much money that we need to spend. Like we don't want to spend to grow, we want to build to grow. And yeah. I think having these constraints that we have is, is really nice to, to kind of like aim for that. And honestly, uh, the companies, protocols, dApps that I've seen that uh, make it the most or make a, a product uh, that the market loves and finds product market fit that really knocks it out of the park. That's those that don't take funding, at least not in the, in the, in the short term. And or actually for sometimes it's actually years that, that goes by before they, they actually raise the first round, but when they do, they have a very solid product and product market fit. So yeah, that's, um, a, that's a good point. Actually. In, in fact, I don't want to, you know, we're not ruling out that we might need to raise at some point. Maybe, maybe we do, we need to like if we expand to another chain or we go through Ethereum or something, uh, we might grow a little bit faster than we're doing now. So I don't, it's not that we rule it out, but I, as long as we don't need it, like we probably won't won't raise money. Hmm. And that was actually uh, my next question about uh, expansion. So um, clearly, you guys are very well versed in the Cosmos ecosystem. You are core developers, even uh, so. I'm sure. Uh, building the sort of uh, the, the business development becomes 
almost natural to you guys because you probably know most of the people in the ecosystem, most of the protocols, etc. But are you planning at some point to go beyond the Cosmos ecosystem? And I guess there's two routes here. You can bet that uh, Cosmos just absorb everybody else and everybody integrates IPC or, or whatnot. Or you have to make some kind of bridge connection. Axelar, for example, is one of your partners already. So which, uh, which route are you taking if you are expanding beyond the Cosmos ecosystem? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, honestly, um, we don't know yet. Like, I honestly don't know because uh, just like many other Cosmos businesses or like Cosmos chains, like we are a little bit at the mercy of the whole ecosystem, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you could say that for us, going horizontally to another chain might be easier than an actual chain on Cosmos. Uh, however, honestly, I, I don't know because right now we're so focused on getting Cosmos right. And, um, and, and and delivering the value here because we know exactly how to do it. And, and again, like we know the ecosystem very well that right now, at least that's not at the top of our head. But now, you know, just for the sake of the discussion, if, if you hypothetically, um, obviously Ethereum is an, an extremely attractive uh, ecosystem. Uh, and in fact, I mean, I think companies doing both uh, you know, and, and providing services on both actually speaks to to potentially for the integrating both, which is one of the Cosmos you know, been we've been talking forever that we want to integrate with them, that IPC should be integrated over there, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe us like expanding just builds up that pressure so that that ends up happening. If that's if that's aligned with our mission, I would absolutely do it. But again, I think right now we're really focused on getting Cosmos right. That we haven't thought much, and honestly, you know. Also, one of the reasons that we didn't bootstrap, like we, we think, we like to think, I don't know if I'm right or I'm lying to myself. We like to think that we're very practical people uh, in some sense. So again, we're in the sense of like product market feed, at least we're just assessing a little bit, like we constantly see where the market's going. What do we need? Like right now that, you know, Compostable Finance is launching. Okay, maybe Polkadot, Cosmos, hmm. um, integrations like just skyrocket or and then it might make sense to do Polkadot right mm. uh, so again we're, we're just going to be practical about it uh, and and but to, to summarize it we're super focused on Cosmos we want to get it right before we think about moving somewhere else yeah and that makes sense I mean find a product market fit if you will in Cosmos and then you can start going beyond and I think Honestly, uh, obviously, uh, most people in our community will agree with you that that's a very wise bet <laughs> to uh, to uh, just double down on Cosmos slowly but surely. More and more chains will, and zones will obviously launch. People will start adopting Cosmos, ad adopting Cosmos Tech. And then if you guys are the sort of data solution provider that uh, people go to, you will naturally grow from there, I think. So, um, but yeah. the reason the reason why I ask also is because you have Fmos as one of your clients. So perhaps yeah. there's a way to to bridge uh, somehow uh, from Cosmos to Ethereum using Fmos, for example. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Um, it, you know, uh, also uh, like all all the bridges that bring data from the other ecosystem, they or or chains that are connected to the other ecosystems, they also want data from the other side of things, right? So you're absolutely right. 
also like the good thing about Evmos being our customer is that we're also helping them uh, provide insights not just the Cosmos layer of things, but also on the EVM side of things. And once we have that service, we could potentially just index any other EVM data, or, excuse hmm. me, any other EVM chain. Hmm. Uh, so, but, but again, like uh, from, a, from a BD perspective, that right now doesn't make much sense for us, but you're absolutely right. Like Evmos is a great example on how to help us enable support other EVMs. Um, yeah. In fact, yeah, we're announcing tomorrow like our new data set for Evmos, which is, is really nice. Like it has EVM tables, it has many new tables, and and I think that if as a user it could give you a little bit of color of how how we could potentially bring other EVM data from outside of Cosmos. Nice. So that's tomorrow. It's a, that that smells like alpha to me. If it wasn't announced already. <laughs> no, we we haven't announced it actually. Uh, we're we're gonna post a thread tomorrow on like where. On a, on a few new tables for Evmos, which mostly is in stride, at least right now. You heard it first at the Cosmos Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> nice, nice. Looking forward to that. It's um, it's just great to see, honestly, that uh, all these tools are coming to Cosmos. I, I've been deep into the Ethereum ecosystem uh, for many years, and just for many reasons, loved the vibe that I was getting from Cosmos, and just uh, decided to uh, jump 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 ship um and it's just great to see all the tooling being built in cosmos in a in a very nice elegant and interconnected way it's um it's a yeah it's a pleasure to see really yeah absolutely and uh i mean sorry it's a little bit off topic but maybe just to give people a little bit of color as like why why that is important like why why these kind of tools are important we were um you just mentioned we're interoperability, so that came to my mind. But we were just running an analysis a few days ago of um, how many different USDC denoms get <laughs> IBC into osmosis. And <laughs> actually, we, we weren't aware of this, but like there are there's a there's decent volume in different tokens that just doesn't follow the proper denomination path to a specific change that ends up being a different asset, and you cannot do anything with it there. Um, that hmm. for us is a UX UX problem, right? Like you know, if and and, no. and I'm, I don't blame all the users who are not in Cosmos and who don't know that they have to bridge everything through the same chain or the other one to make sure that they have the same asset on the destination chain, uh, right? If you don't know as a user and you just send tokens from one to the other chain, and you, you obviously won't know if you haven't been in Cosmos, and that is the kind of problem that we want to help uh, solve, like you know. We did this task for a specific customer, uh, and now they will bring this to the world and, and their product. And there's more awareness for us to, you know, as an ecosystem, just improve the overall UX, right? Um, so, especially hmm. in the context of interoperability, I think analytics, data, transparency, awareness is extremely important. Because honestly, again, not even like I don't think anybody's aware of all those numbers. Um, it's it's crazy. Like it's it's uh, there's even like uh, allegedly. 50 BTC or something that somebody sent in the wrong channel or something. So it, it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Damn. But yeah, I can, uh, I can imagine. I mean, um, I remember the first time I started using Cosmos. I, I'm pretty tech savvy. You know, I've, I've been building dApps on Ethereum, as I mentioned before, and I, I know my way around, but yeah, I was, I was having a hard time in the beginning also with Cosmos. So I can only imagine people, or just dabbing into <laughs> crypto maybe for mm -hmm. the first time. I mean, they, they must be profoundly confused sometimes uh, interacting with different Cosmos chains. But mm -hmm. talk to us about how you see 
how you see the whole sort of uh, blockchain data um, platforms uh, evolving. Uh, so this is a question from the community, which I start to blend in now. So this is from uh, Minano 2006. 2006. So how do you how do you see sort of the role of these uh, data platforms in blockchain or whatever you want to call yourself uh, in the next few years? Yeah. Um, so I I think. Are, what I, what I'd love to see is that these data platforms are helping the whole ecosystem to build better products. Really, that that's where I feel like we should push. Mm. That, that I think it's an extremely important mandate. Like we're not going to onboard the next billion users, like we keep saying, to crypto if we don't improve UX. And that's that's really where we see ourselves. Um, mm. So I and, and data again for me is you know yes it's awareness it tells you what's happening it's transparency but ultimately for me it's UX and engagement right. So I think that's where we should push. Um, I don't think all the data platforms will push that way, obviously. Uh, I've se- we've seen a lot of like, there's more and more uh, the notion of, you know, making uh, this data available, um, the on-chain data available in, in a sort of like um, immutable way in the sense that the data providers like us end up also being on-chain data validators. Like, you know, I, I saw a few questions on the community, like, you know, how do we ensure that the data we index is actually correct? Yeah. Uh, for instance, um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of data providers like us that are going to go in that direction in providing on-chain data in a more scalable way than RPCs and making mm-hmm. sure that cryptographically that data is in fact true. Uh, right now, for instance, we're not there, but I think that's another branch of, of this whole data platform that is, that is going to grow. Um, and the reason being is like, because our, for instance, RPCs in Cosmos are just extremely not scalable. It's really hard to build on them. And hmm. we need more solutions that help these developers to, to build faster uh, and have a better developer experience overall, right? And obviously for that, when you're building on-chain, you need to make sure that all of that data is actually uh, cryptographically True, right? Um, mm. So that's that's I think the, the the that those are the two branches that I think are going to be the higher value in the next in the next few cycles. Interesting, interesting. And is that a particularly hard problem? Uh, the whole like data verification and making sure the data is correct. Is that a particularly hard problem in Cosmos compared to other chains or ecosystems? Or uh, so in all honesty. Uh, from the whole team, I'm probably the least like qualified person to, to speak about that. At the, Fair enough. At the lower <laughs> level, but like my understanding is that uh, we haven't seen like uh, I don't think there's much demand there at least yet. Hmm. We are we're starting to see you know if 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 you ever build or try to build an app on, in Cosmos and try to deal with RPCs, you. you you'll see how painful is that. Like we had an app yeah. instance that calculated some APYs from some pools on Evmos and we had to do like something like 300 requests to the RPC node to actually be able to calculate them. It was just borderline <laughs> impossible to get it to get it right, right? So uh, I, I, we, we started, uh, you know, I, I don't think the problem has been tackled enough yet in Cosmos so that I personally at least kind of says that it's actually a difficult problem versus not. Hmm. I, I, I um, I don't think it is that that difficult to be honest. Uh, right. And and I'm definitely you know a person who's more qualified than I on the crypt- cryptography side of things. Probably will have a better opinion on that. But 
that at least from the market and the, and the products that we're seeing that that's kind of like the insights that I have. We had the Lava Network on uh, last week, who is specializing in uh, yeah. interacting with uh, fast and reliable RPCs. So, uh, I mean, if you want to be put in touch, just let us know. Um, but uh, yeah, they they put some colors to how how difficult this problem is. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. Like, I actually, what they're doing is, is super interesting and definitely something we need. For example, mm. um, I, I I don't know their product enough to understand if like what they have is like equivalent to an RPC, but just decentralized and you know, at the end of the day, also free as long as it's not on a public RPC. Uh, but I, I think there's even like, if, if that's the case, regardless if that's the case, we need it. But I think on top of that, there's another layer of innovation that can make it way faster, more ab- like abstracted. Because at the end of the day, like what we, what we realize here, for example, is like we're, we're storing like terabytes of data, but like when we see people's queries and like the use case that we need to query, et cetera, like you end up querying like five or 2% of it, you know, mm-hmm. the other 90 something percent is just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. And that's one part of the inefficiency that we see, like these nodes are just hosting the whole data. If you don't prune it, for instance, an archive node is just really hard to consume from. Uh, so again, I, I think that the infrastructure layer data platforms like us definitely have a mandate and a mission. And in our case, like we're a little bit more tilted to the analytics UX engagement side of things. But, you know, given, you know, to your initial question, again, definitely see a lot of value in, in, in that side of the business too. Yeah, definitely. So talk to us about the the horizon, the roadmap. People are always excited about what's uh, what's on the horizon and uh, happening in the near-term future. So what are you guys planning for New Year? You already mentioned what uh, is happening tomorrow, which is uh, perhaps a pretty big update, but uh, maybe pre- go beyond that also. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, and again, for, for the people who who have just joined and maybe just also for the sake of summarizing again, kind of like the different business units that we have. So we have our B2C side of things and our B2B, right? Our B2C side, like where you as a user, you as a retail investor will be able to consume Numia. Uh, We're launching this data lenses uh, product, which is a public dashboard with very prescriptive, we like the word prescriptive metrics, Mm -hmm. uh, where you're going to go for free, launch the dashboard and you will see uh, well activity, well trackers, uh, see what these wells are doing, concentration of wealth, concentration of liquidity, um, largest transactions within periods, uh, IBC volume health, for example, for one chain or the other, and a bunch of these metrics that we like to, met- to say that are prescriptive because they should help you take action. They should make your decisions actionable and not just give you, you know, a trend and you're not being able to do anything with it. That's, I think, super exciting for most of the audience here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope we're launching with Osmosis first, uh, but we should have all of the other chains that we have indexed uh, within six months after launch. Mm-hmm. Each dashboard for each chain will be a little bit different, of course, because, you know, in Osmosis, you have swaps, liquidity provision, but in FOS, you have developer revenue, et cetera. On the hub, you have something else. So... Um, each chain's dashboard, it's it's basically the same dashboard, but like with different tabs for each chain. But each chain uh, KPIs will differ a little bit. And within that same dashboard, again, like I was saying, we plan to launch notifications. So you'll be able to say, hey, Numia, let me know when whatever event happened. We also plan to, we plan to launch what we call an audience builder. So if you want to build audiences like, hey, uh, for, for airdrops, like, uh, hey, give me users who have this much in their balance uh, or did this in osmosis or did that. Uh, 
And as, when we see your dashboard as a distribution channel for all of these kinds of, you know, what we call data products. So that's everything for 2023 on the B2C side, on the retail investor side of, of the business. Mm. And on the, on the B2B, uh, you know, we are launching an API for developers. Uh, so uh, what does that mean? So right now you're not only going to be able not only going to be able to query data via SQL, like you can do now via BigQuery, but we'll provide a public API um, where you are, where you're going to to be able to pull aggregated data, aggregated metrics, uh, transactions for an address, and many uh, RPC endpoint parity from our API directly, so that you can build apps on top of Numia's data. Uh, that's really exciting. Actually, we're getting a lot, a lot of requests for that from developers mostly, even from the same foundations who want APIs for the dashboards and apps, for example. Um, and that's, uh, we hope to launch that in Q3, if not earlier, uh, at least on the first five chains. Uh, nice. But, and, and eventually, you know, we want Numia to be kind of like the Cosmos API. Uh, that, that, that is important to us in the sense that, you know, again, on this mandate, this mission of like just helping the whole ecosystem improve their UX, if we can aggregate data from different chains, we have the same endpoint, for instance, if we can give you data between two chains that nobody else has it, or you would have to query from two different nodes, et cetera. That's mm -hmm. kind of like the developer experience that we're hoping to achieve as well. So, you know, I hope I, I answered your question. It's a little bit vague. I could be more concrete, but like, we'd be definitely sharing more about a roadmap more specifically in the coming weeks and months. Well, that would be super cool. I mean, uh, Cosmos API, it has a nice ring to it also. Um, is that like, um, I don't know if it's a stated mission of yours, but um, it almost sounds like your ultimate goal is to become a public good in the Cosmos ecosystem, like the Cosmos API, as you say, right? Is that, a, yeah. is that something that you're aiming for? Or is it a, a dream out there that could happen at some point? Well, uh, so the Cosmos API, definitely not a dream. Like we're going to open up our APIs for different chains in the, in the next six months. Hmm. If not earlier, and again, like ideally, we have all the chains indexed, and we have different endpoints of maybe an IBC endpoint for all of the chains. And at the end of the day, if you want to consume data from Cosmos, we are the API to do that, right? That's mm. it's a little bit more branding, I think, just calling it the Cosmos API. When I say public, uh, so I mean we definitely have to uh, figure out a business model for that. Obviously, we're gonna charge developers for you know accessing that data at different tiers. You'll probably have a freemium version where you can just consume data from the API, but at some point, if you have many, many requests or you want higher volume or you want specific endpoints, we definitely need to charge money. But mm. the idea that there's this one API for the whole ecosystem where you get everything, uh, yeah, that's a dream. But mm. at the same time, I, don't, I think it's very realistic too. Uh, so, um, yeah. It will be a big leap, I think. Um, and uh, you guys are on your way, it sounds like. And there's a nice uh, question here from uh, from the community. A guy named, or girl, named uh, Leigh Andre, um, asking if uh, Numia's integration will improve, essentially will it improve uh, interoperability, you know, chains connecting better or com being compared easier for the user? Is that sort of a, a nice benefit with uh, Numia or the Cosmos API being built? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, ideally, uh, to give you an example, um, many of the uh, many of well, 
a more concrete example, which is a, a little bit of a trend right now, is cross-chain MEV. Right. Uh, and for cross-chain MEV to be successful uh, to generate value for either chains, communities, or validators, uh, you, you know, the interoperability needs to needs to work properly, needs to be transparent. And I think Numia's job there, for example, is to make sure that we provide necessary metrics for the cross uh, cross-chain MEV players to make correct decisions to build correct and successful strategies. Hmm. Um, so absolutely, like, in, you know, in fact, or what I was mentioning before, you know, with this analysis that we did for a customer, we realized there were so many different versions of USDC coming to osmosis, wrongfully, that is for us helping these chains, the developers to make sure that they deliver better, you know, better products for their, for their users at the interoperability level. So absolutely, yes. Um, and we are, uh, we're also releasing with one of our partners, uh, Megatech tomorrow, a, well, I don't want to say too much, but it's, it's nothing. It's like, it's an article, but like, it's a, it's a kind of like a first look into cross-chain MEV. Uh, so for whoever asked the question, like, uh, stay alert to that, uh, post that we're, we're putting out tomorrow as well. Um, because that's, that's an interesting view of, of how Numia can support and help uh, the interoperability and the different use cases with interoperability. Just another reason to follow Numia on Twitter or go on the website numia.xyz. <laughs> so um, I think we are nearing the end, but uh, before we close this thing off, is there anything uh, that you want to uh, share with the community? Is there anything we forgot to ask? Um, yeah, anything you want to leave us with today? Uh, I think um, maybe what we'd love to hear from the community is a little bit, you know, we're building this dashboard data lenses and we have pretty much defined what metric we'll put in there at the first iteration, but we're building, the, our system is like very modular. Uh, we can deploy different metrics like super quickly. So we'd love to hear more from the community what are these prescriptive metrics that you're missing right now, right? Like, mm. w what are some of the metrics that you're frustrated that you cannot get anywhere uh, so we can build them for you? Mm. Um, and and we'd love to hear more of that type of feedback. So, um, you know, I think we, we posted a, a poll a few days ago. If you can go there and just answer that or if you can just in the comments of our posts or DM us any type of feedback, that would be extremely helpful for us to to inform what kind of KPIs we can keep including we we can start you know, putting into a roadmap. Nice, and that uh, I'm just uh, scrolling through your Twitter right now. So that's a poll that you did there, I presume. I'm still scrolling here, trying to find it so we can leave it in the comments of this. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, let me let's... let me share it one second. Sure. I want to make sure the community gets a chance to answer that. But in general, guys, for anyone listening out there, both uh, live and uh, afterwards, as we uh, publish these spaces on uh, Spotify, etc., go on uh, yeah, numia.xyc or numia's, numia data on, uh, on Twitter and uh, keep yourself posted there. There's a lot of good stuff. Okay, I just uh, posted the poll as a comment in the Beautiful. I think yeah, I think I went through, yeah. Otherwise we'll make sure of it afterwards. <laughs> okay. Excellent. 
Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and uh, super excited to see this being built. Honestly, this is uh, clearly something that the community needs, as you mentioned a few examples, but especially the different channels and all the different types of assets. Like there's a lot of things going on in Cosmos. And I mean, Cosmos is, is only expanding from here. So uh, there's more, more and more data to, uh, to be uh, crunched through and curated through, uh, which <laughs> it seems like Numia is uh, positioning itself perfectly to be able to do for the entire community. So uh, kudos to you guys and your team. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And again, thanks for everybody out there listening. And uh, yeah, just uh, stay alert to the update, the roadmap. We'll be sharing a lot coming in the next few weeks and months. Thanks Definitely, again. Man. Thanks, guys. Ciao. Bye, everyone. Ciao.